Welcome, everyone, to your ongoing journey or leap into a new world of opportunity. Inside Japan Podcast is a stepping stone for your next adventure. It is a show filled with informative interviews, perspectives on local life, and how you can master your path into the unknown. For today, kick back and listen to the wisdom of our host, James. James here, coming to you with episode number 45 of the Inside Japan Podcast. Brought to you by jobsjapan.com and the Patreon support out there. How y'all doing out there today? Got a hot one with you here with David from Tesol Japan. And I brought David in here because Tesol and, and Celta and the other one, I can't remember the four, are something I don't have much knowledge of because I never took them myself. And I do get a lot of questions all the time about if you need them, if they help your career. I've do, I do, do, done research now since then to try to learn about them, but still I don't know that much. So I brought David in here to kind of share with us what getting the Tesla does in 2019 isn't needed for you. And yet we definitely go over that about if it's needed for you, whatever your situation is in Japan, is it something that'll help your career? If you're just going to be in Japan in the short term, do you need it then? And things like that. And we also, I also learned through the course of the interview that he had some time in the BOEs of Japan. So that I, I saw that rabbit hole and I dive right in and learned about the LT system and what he learned there about how things might be, well, how things might be doing now there and maybe some future things that might happen. So, uh, the first half is kind of about the Tesla and what the Tesla can do for your career. And the second half is about kind of the ALT systems and what he's learned his time at BUEs in Japan because he spent some time there visiting many around the country. So without, uh, before I get, before we get to the interview, if you're interested in Tesla Japan in furthering your career, be sure to go to tesseljapan.com and uh, check out all the things they offer there. But without further ado, let's get to it. My interview with David from Tesla Japan. Enjoy. All right, guys, very special guest today. His name is David, and he's going to help us learn about a topic that I don't know too much about, but we're going to learn that with, with David here today. How are you doing today, David? Hello, I'm well, and hopefully everybody watching this podcast is doing fantastic, and of course, yourself. Yes, yes, I'm doing well myself. And yeah, so I'd like to start with, before we get into the, I think it's a hot topic, you know, Tesla things. People, I get a lot of questions of, do I need this? Do I need the, you know, all these other certifications you can get? Um, so obviously, I know you have a lot of thoughts on that, so I want to get to those for sure. But first, let's start about you a little bit about you. You're, uh, you obviously are connected to Japan, working in Japan. So how did you come to get to Japan? What was your interest in the first place? And how did you get here? Um, well, the first time I was in Japan was as a child, uh, but I don't really have too, much, too many memories of that experience. Uh, I went back after I finished university in the, at the end of 2006, and I went to work with uh, Giosu, uh, the for the um, Eikawa Kiyoshitsu um, English school, I guess you would call it. And uh, I, was, I was there just as they were going bankrupt. So immediately, as a kid, I lived in Kagoshima, so I thought, okay, this is the perfect time to go back to Kagoshima and set up yeah. my own thing. Uh, I found a New Zealander, as I'm an Australian citizen, uh, and I found a New Zealander who was living and working in Kagoshima. We, we uh, teamed up for a while, and then he <laughs> disappeared back to New Zealand. I think he went to China, actually. And so I sort of ran that uh, for a couple of years, returned to Australia for two years to do a master's degree, and to sort of, that was about 2011 to actually start the process of setting up uh, an Australian government accredited TESOL training program in Japan. So I was back in Australia for about two years. Then after that, returned to Japan uh, 2012. 
Okay, wait. So real quick, I want to make sure you because you met up this guy somehow, and like you guys had the idea of starting this Tesla system, or were you doing something else, just teaching or whatever, or what? Basically teaching. But what happened? No, he he he. Uh, as soon as I started working at at the uh, K Talk, the, that's the name of it, the English school in Hiroshima, he disappeared, and nobody knew where he went for about six months. And then suddenly he turned up at the doorstep again, and I said. Uh, Neil, where have you been for all this time? And he said, well, actually, I changed jobs. And, and he's, uh, nobody actually knew where he went. It was actually a very interesting experience. And he changed because his actual job was a uh, marine engineer. Um, and there's actually a specific title. I just can't remember. But it was like something related to geothermal dynamics. And so um, he actually ended up on ships um, with Chinese companies doing, I think, survey work. And he, but he didn't tell anybody, <laughs> so it was very interesting. Um, but then, uh, so that's that was that uh, that experience in Kagoshima. But then I came back to Australia uh, for two years, and actually, and then that was the time that I was thinking, well, how do we put together a Tesla training program? Simply because at that time when I was in Kagoshima, I was up, I went up to Tokyo uh, to speak to a few Oz uh, trade people. About because there, for about 10 years in Japan, there's been, uh, if everybody, maybe some people don't know, Austrade, it's the Australian government's trade um, trade commission, really. And so there's been a, a little bit of contact and a little bit of, uh, you know, talking going on about bringing over vocational training programs to Japan from Australia simply because of the accreditation process from Australia being highly respected in Japan. And so I spoke to them just before I returned to Australia. Then when I was in Australia for two years, I organised everything. So that includes the the training, um, organising the Australian um, Registered Training Organisation, receive training in regards to their program, their processes, the, the administration of the program as well, how we can uh, um, cooperate with vocational colleges in Japan to actually deliver the course as well, and uh, also assessment in Japan, how to ensure that we maintain the Australian standards um, and the Australian standards are governed by the Australian Schools Quality Authority. So. I also spoke to them in Australia to make sure that we're able to bring a program to Japan that is accredited by the Australian government. I want to know, does this like, you, you obviously I heard you said about the, Japan was interested in the, in the, the, the Australian certification process, they were trusted or whatever. Uh, so that was kind of for you, you saw an opportunity here, like I can make something that'll be successful because it's kind of highly sought after right now. That's so you, you saw this opportunity that way? What happened was is that during the 1980s, many of the, uh, there's a very famous university in Australia for Japanese called Bond University, and many thousands of Japanese have graduated from Bond University. What has been found is that many people in the Ministry of Education, the regional boards of education, and in the government of Japan were educated at Bond University. And what, what happened in the Ministry of Education have known probably for 20, 15 years, we'll say, 15 to 10 years that uh, the 
the the the, uh, the their rankings in the international scheme of like the, the English rankings. I think it's called English First, the, the website English First. Their ranking hasn't been increasing. They've actually now uh, Thailand and Indian. They're they're now in. They've actually fallen down from uh, being at the. Uh, the, I think I can't remember, but there's like four categories, and now I think they're at the the end of the third category. Um, I wish I could just remember that the it's the English first uh, rankings, and so the Ministry of Education saw this uh, happen over time. Their rankings were falling. I really hope and some of the people within the, the Ministry of Education, as they'd been educated in Australia and knew the Australian education system, and some of them knew the vocational education system in Japan, and and still tens of thousands, well, I think it's about 15,000 Japanese a year go to Australia for vocational training in, in some way, shape or form. They knew about these qualifications. So they did, there was interest in bringing over the vocational qualifications. Some of the problems were how to do it, and that was that's a very drawn out uh, process because you have to maintain the Australian standards while you're taking something offshore. So when I was up in Tokyo around about 2000 or just before I returned to Australia for two years, I spoke to some of these people that I had known from Bond University and also Griffith University. They said, you know, if you bought something like Sober, our our, our teachers should use this. Because most of the teachers in Japan who are teaching English have no English teaching qualifications. And they felt like that that is possibly the, the, probably the best way to improve the system is to give everybody the, 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 fun, the basic fundamental training required to actually teach English in the classroom. So... That is sort of the background and um, the reason that I went to Australia to do everything. And it took about two years to work everything out and then the accreditation process took a little bit longer and there were a few hiccups along the way, but we finally got it done. Yeah, so really you have to you had to set up the system to follow Australia's rules and then bring it to Japan kind of – and also is a business in Japan too? Like did you make a business in Japan or, or no? Yes, yes. We own uh, Global Business Resources in Japan. Um, so we had to set up a, the company in Japan. That's just basically so we have legal coverage and protection while we're in Japan and we can actually um, sign agreements and contracts with other educational institution, institutions in Japan. So, for example, today we finally finished the agreement with the International Study Institute in Ikebukuro, Tokyo. Uh, last year we, we organised an agreement with the NIC International College in Shinjuku and uh, uh, Osaka, in Dojima, Osaka. And uh, another agreement is coming along, although I'm not allowed to uh, disclose that information because we have to sign non-disclosure agreements with uh, some with, with some institutions. So oh, okay. there's a, couple, a few others are coming along and hopefully, and it's in Kyushu, I know I can say that much, but uh, it's, so we've got, um, you know, three fairly major areas that we, where we can have access to facilities, Tokyo, Osaka, and Fukuoka. 
Okay. So they basically, you're, you're, cause I'm trying to think of people listening, you know, they work in Japan or want to work in Japan. So mm. there's two kind of things they could do with this, right? They could take, take the Tesla or what, what, for the first, let's get to that. Uh, what, what do you think? Is the Tesla like, how much does that help in 2019 your career, right? I mean, is that, you know, you know, and people, a lot of people come to Japan with no teaching experience at all, as you know. Uh, so is yeah. Tesla something you think is really, I know you obviously you got to say it's important, but why is it important? I guess I want to ask in 2019. I, yeah. That was the question that I have uh, thought about too. Now, if you look at ads in China, even Thailand, Indonesia, um, Vietnam, now they're asking for more qualifications from people, and uh, the and so I I see this situation happening where the Japanese government. And when I say government, I mean the Ministry of Education. They've noticed this happening, and they've been thinking, "Well, we should. Or we, we, why don't we have a directive to, to only hire qualified people within Japan? We should have a directive out to the ALT companies and to the Jet program, get people that have some vocational qualifications, or maybe hire even like a master's degree. Get these kind of people to come in. They may have more skills and more knowledge uh, than people who have not studied." any English language teaching qualifications. And I'm pretty sure there are some phenomenal people in Japan with no qualifications whatsoever who do a phenomenal job in the classroom. I, I never deny that. But for a young person coming into Japan, uh, they're expected to perform at very high expectations immediately in the classroom. And a lot of the ALT companies have a massive turnover. And uh, the, the simple reason is those schools very quickly will make remarks about that person's ability in the classroom. And so for some people, their experience is very, is, their actual practical experience is very limited because that school does start to ask for somebody else. I've heard that happen with a number of ALT companies, and it happens quite often that the school will say, this person doesn't know what they're doing in the classroom. We want somebody else. And it can become, that can become a very psychologically stressful time for that person that's just come to Japan. And so they may end up going home very quickly. Um, another thing to also think about is for people in the JET program that have been for five years, they can't continue, as far as I'm aware, um, and correct me if, if I'm wrong out there, people that know it, I think they can stay for about five years. Yeah, maximum. Five years. Yep. And a lot of those people want to continue and stay in Japan, and they're not sure what to do. Now, in a lot of situations, people after five years, they might have been teaching uh, young, young children in kindergarten or in the, uh, the elementary school for five years. They may want to progress and do something uh, with adults or maybe um, young adults. Uh, so the skills that they're learning in TESOL will be able that they'll be able to develop their own uh, curricula or syllabi to be able to um, make plans for vocational college students. In fact, right now, yeah, right now we have a project with a couple of my TESOL trainees. They're in uh, Tokyo, Osaka. Um, and a couple of them are in um, Kumamoto. 
Akita and Sapporo, one of the programs we're, we're designing now is a Aiken to IELTS bridging program. Now, I know that now all of them have finished their units and we're now preparing them for a pra- their practical placement. And I know for a fact that it's taken them, uh, that their diploma students, so it's about 14 units and uh, some of them are you know, English for academic purposes, English for specific purposes, methodology and approaches and uh, you know, assessment design and implementation. Uh, and you know, teaching the four skills as well. But I know that if they started working on the Aiken to IELTS bridging program without any previous training, it would be an extremely steep learning curve for them. And a lot of the colleges I've spoken to in 2017, 2018 have said, we don't have, we, we haven't been able to in, employ people who can develop their own, you know, syllabi or, or curricula. So that's something we want. And so the opportunities open up a little bit wider because people will be able to design their own programs. And in the environment in Japan right now, you've got to remember the, 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 the next month, the, the, the government's, uh, I think it's next month, that the, the Japanese government are wanting to change a few things. Um, and there is a focus on 2020, though, but a lot of the colleges have been asking for better skilled people. So opportunities will, will open up for those that have those specific skills that the colleges want. Um, another reason for people to do TESOL training is that um, we've just – I've just partnered – well, it's been a, about a year or so of ongoing effort – but we've partnered with English Key in Melbourne. Um, English Key has one of the best IELTS and uh, PTE, which is the uh, Pearson Test of English. That's for employment in, in uh, basically Commonwealth countries and the USA, of course. And uh, we've partnered with them to bring English Key to Japan. And at the same time, I've just partnered with uh, Dr. Malcolm Cooper, Professor Emeritus of uh, Litsumekan Asia Pacific University. We're working together, cooperating together in order to give those people that have been in Japan for five or ten years, they've been ALTs, JETs, they've worked in Aikaiwas, and they want to go out and do something on their own, which I think uh, I've heard a lot of people say, you have five years, no, sorry, you shouldn't be working for, for, for an English school or as an ALT for more than 10 years. You should start to go out onto your own and do something, and a lot of them do. And I've heard that many times from different um, – from all the people that have opened their own English schools. But our idea has been that uh, the Japanese government has been very concerned about test rankings of Japanese students. So – that's why we've brought English Key into it. We've got a Professor Emeritus to really guide, uh, to be a guide and a counsellor um, on the academic side of things. And we've got the TESOL training as well. So after people have completed their TESOL training, they'll be able to then do uh, a little bit of, a, of extra training in regards to using the English Key 
content and application learning management system so they can actually go out onto their own and start their own business. And uh, thank God the Japanese laws for self-employment are relatively simple. Um, so we've already had some people go out on their own and become self-employed and they've, they've doubled their salary in three months. And I think that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, when you think if, if you're at if you've been an, an ALT for 10 years, I think it's a. Um, I think the, the best ALT contracts are around about 270,000 yen a month. And yeah, uh, the, the JET program. Okay. But if you're doing that for 10 years, then, and you've just come to Japan when you're 24 and you're 34 and you've got a, maybe you're, you've got married and you've had two children along the way, um, 270,000 yen is no longer 270,000 yen. It's, everything gets a little bit more difficult. So the idea is that if you're able to get self-employed, you've, you've got the skills, the accreditation, and you've been able to train, uh, to receive training in specialist tested uh, training. Um, and just to let you know, we're adding the medical English test. Uh, it's called the occupational English test shortly. Uh, I'm the preparation, uh, the, uh, sorry, what's it called? The program, the preparation provider in Japan for that, for that test. So we're adding that to the to the pro, to our um, to our offer offering as well, which is all uh, free for anybody that does the TESOL course, of course. So that um, they will be able to go out into their own, set their own schedules, do their own thing, and be able to earn a higher salary uh, as they should, because they've been in Japan for maybe five or ten years. They should have by that time doubled their salary, so they can afford. The standard decent living in Japan. So that's sort of the the main goal of doing the, the whole TESOL program is that they'll be able to go out and do things for themselves. They'll be able to contract themselves out to colleges and even universities uh, and um, be able to be in control of themselves, on the, of their own destiny, really. Yeah, because I, I, you know, it's kind of a, some people ask me about TESOL and, uh, you know, what's the other one? Cell, I can never remember. There's like three main ones, right? There's TESOL. Tefl, Tesla, and Celta, right? Those are three yeah. kind of big, big dogs, and uh, and uh, people say, you know, do they need that? Is that required and stuff? And I used to really say, for me, it's kind of a tough question because if you just want to work in Japan for a little bit of time, it's kind of not, right? I mean, it's easy just to get a job at it. I'm gonna say it's easy. It's the wrong word to say. It's not. Uh, you don't need that many requirements to get hired for a Kaiwa job, ALT job. You know, work there a year or two. Hey, you're done. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, however, if you want to do more than that, if you really want to work in Japan long term as a teacher, is your is your is your end goal? Some people that want to do that, mm -hmm. uh, then it kind of then it cards, you start to enter the world of you need to have a master's degree, right? If you want to work at these colleges and stuff, but you're saying in, in addition to the master's, it's better to have a a TESOL because then you'll be you actually be ready for the job rather than just having a master's that gives you the knowledge, right? You have the kind of skills to do it, right? Yeah, um, the really good thing about um, the Australian government accredited programs is that anybody that does the certificate for in TESOL or the diploma of TESOL can actually receive credit through what's called recognition of prior learning for uh, linguistic degrees from Australian universities. So how I look at it is that you can start off by, if, you, if, if you're here on a working holiday visa, you're probably going to be here for a year and then go back home and, and you've had a fantastic experience in Japan. Uh, but there might be those that stay three or four years and want to do something. So they should uh, do something like a TESOL, Australian government-accredited TESOL program. 
And then maybe in two or three years after that, they can start working on a master's degree in linguistics. Um, I did a CELTA in, I did it before I came to Japan. Uh, it, was a hundred, it was about one month intensive. Um, it was a reasonably good with the very basics of creating a very basic lesson plan. And I don't have any anything against the CELTA at all. If it's something that you're looking to it, – it's a very well-known name brand. It, uh, uh, and a lot of people have it compared to the Australian Government Certificate 4. Uh, but what I've found is that if, if you're looking to really get to a deep level, like really develop a good – if you if you're really into syllabus design or curriculum design, then you need a little bit more than the CELTA. Um, you can go straight to a master degree, but what I've actually found is I have a master's degree in, um, in a master's degree in applied linguistics and uh, TESOL, and I did that before I did my diploma of TESOL. And this might sound funny, but I actually wish I did the diploma of TESOL first so that I was two or three years in the in the practical side of things only, and then I worried about the theoretic, theoretical aspects of uh, second language acquisition. And because the knowledge that I've gained from using the diploma of TESOL is much far greater than than, than uh, what I got from the CELTA and also from what I got from the Master's Degree in Applied Linguistics. And uh, just as, you know, just, I think I mentioned earlier, um, you know, last year I visited a lot of um, well-known people in academia in Japan um, and a lot, of, a lot of the feedback I got from them is that a lot of, a lot of people in, the, in, in academia don't really know how to design a training plan and you would learn to do that in the diploma of TESOL. Um, some of them uh, don't really know how to design a really good um, session plan or, you know, um, even just lay out a, a full curriculum. And it might sound funny to say that, but that's uh, one thing that I've heard from a lot of the t a lot of times where they hire younger people that have just done their master's degree in linguistics there has there's no practical application for the for a, a, the fundamental grounding of that a practical application that's required to build you know training and assessment plans um, for higher education. So I've sort of um, uh, you know, there are different programs out there, but I've really found that if you go and do the diploma first, you're able to get in there, really get to understand the meat and bones of teaching. And then you can go on and do your master's degree. Uh, I, it's it's um, pretty difficult to get university jobs um, unless you've got a PhD. And some people do get with master's degree, and you do find um, a lot of people who maybe 20 or 30 years ago did master's degree, they're still at the universities. They've never really needed to do the PhDs. But um, just in regards to the to what Austrade have done in the last five to ten years in Japan, they've spoken to a lot of universities, and they've said it's not really the it's not 
we, we, we don't really need to orientate more to the theoretical side of applied linguistics. We really need good, high-quality, practical training programs for students. And those kind of things don't require a, a PhD or even a master's degree for that matter. So with uh, one of our part, with one with one of the projects we have, um, we expect to have diploma of TESOL students teaching it at, at, at a university um, very shortly. And the whole reason is is that instead of them focusing on the theoretical side of linguistics, they they just they just focus on the practical application, and that's really what people need. And that, of course, ties in with the with the partnership with English Key in Australia, bringing the best quality IELTS and PTE training, and also occupational English test training to Japan, with with uh, trainers who have who have been um, accredited by ASWA or the Australian Government um, in TESOL. We should be able to make a lot of headway into the uh, ability for Japanese to pick up a second language. And so, really, so yeah. Okay. I was going to say, really. Yes. So, who who do you think is the target for the Tesla? That it really is for those people that want to be a, a long time teacher in Japan, right? It's not for like a, if you're going to look at Japan for a few years. That's probably not for you, right? I, it, you know, um, in the, in the last couple of years. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have turned up, spent $5,000 to move to Japan. They've been fired in a month. So that's happened quite a lot. And uh, I've, I've heard that. I've just got um, emails from people who say that. So I think it's any – look, I think uh, it's always good if people get these qualifications before they come. They'll, they might be uh, they might be better able to handle the classroom straight away. They don't have to go through an extremely steep learning curve. But I would say the majority of people are doing it now. They've been in Japan for – they've just passed their second year and they've realized that they want to stay, but they don't want to be part – they don't want to be locked into any system that will forever lock them into a specific salary cap. Uh, they want to they venture out on their own. So, I mean, test training in, in Japan, I mean, people will, if, a, if it's a very, it's a highly qualified and uh, proficient system, um, it's still, a, it's it's still a lot of money in that. I know some people in Tokyo that are charging 20 to, you know, 22,000 yen per hour for test training. Uh, and that is more than doable. I mean, I, I, I train I'm a, I'm a qualified uh, medical writer. I train physician, I, I train medical researchers in, in not just medical writing, but also uh, um, the medical English test and, and other, other healthcare professionals as well. And um, if anybody's qualified to do those kind of things, then they can definitely rise above that that salary cap of that uh, I, you, I think you said two seventy thousand yeah, yeah I think that was it about yeah yeah they can rise above that so they can feel more comfortable and uh, really stay in Japan longer because at the end of the day uh, it, you, you we do need to we do need to have the uh, the salary to make life comfortable for us so I think it's those people that hit that two years ago okay I'm loving this place. I want to stay, 
but I'm going to need more than what I can get now. And I'm, so that means I need to go out into my own. And I need to have the option to take contracts as well, but I really need to go out into my own. So I think that's the people that, that we're targeting uh, to, to, uh, in, to enroll in the TESOL training program. Hmm. And it gets real quick. Uh, but, uh, so yep. if, if, let's say I want, I'm in that boat, right? I've been at LT for two years. Wow, I love Japan. I want to stay here, but I don't want to be working for uh, a dispatch company forever because, yeah, my salary's locked and I have a one-year contract that I don't know if I'm going to have mm. next year, all that stuff, you know. Uh, so is it possible to take this, one of these courses, whether it be Certificate of TESOL or Diploma of TESOL, uh, can I do this? Can I study while I'm still teaching? Right? Can I do like okay, absolutely do this year? Yeah, I want to know about you that. Have about, know, how, how how intensive is the study? Right. Well, you, we actually run it part time in Japan because everyone's still working. And I should just also mention that I've late last year I I went to I think it's just 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 over half the ministries of education in Japan. Their main concern was that. Uh, we can't run an intensive course because everyone's working. So um, I was able to offer it as a part-time option. Uh, if it's a certificate for it's two years, and the diploma of TESOL is uh, two and a half years, uh, thir- 30 months exactly. So if people have plenty of time to, to um, complete the training. There is, though, a practical placement, which is in-person component, we're very flexible in that you can do that any time during the course. Um, we just ask that you use our content uh, or, and, and develop your own training programs from our content because we use uh, the best quality programs and content from Australia. Um, so everybody knows their um everywhere that people go, like if they go to our partners in Tokyo or Osaka or Fukuoka to do their training. Our partners already know that they're going to get high-quality training, so they're going to be pretty happy with that. So it's very flexible, but you do have that practical component, um, which can be done over that period of two years or for the diploma, two and a half years. Um, so there is so the flexibility is really important. That's one of the issues that came up before we brought the program to Japan, so we're able to take care of that for people who are already already have a very busy schedule. Yeah, I want to know because you said you went to the Ministry of Education and stuff. That's pretty cool. You got to get you know be in that world and stuff. And I don't know if you might not be able to answer this. Maybe you know nothing. But uh, uh, in that world, you know, there's the things about dispatch companies and stuff. You know, and obviously you know about being ALT and stuff a little bit too. Uh, is there any talk about that? How that is going these days? Because really, it's kind of it's not doing great right now. The LT uh, situation in Japan. You know, salaries are going less more than more than allowed. Jet is losing more contracts than ever. What what anything information you have about that you gained? Uh, things that I can actually say, um, the, what the, the main concerns right now, for who I spoke to, and uh, I, I we do have confidentiality agreements and things in place for now because we don't have any agreement or any partnership or anything like that. But some of the major issues have been we know they the ministries of education they while the ALT is the dispatch company and actually hire people. Ministries of Education get to see the resumes. They get to see yeah. the, the pictures and the, the, the one-page profile of the, the people. And one of the biggest questions that I have come up against in the last two years was 
they send us a lot of people with no English teaching qualifications or experience. Yes. And or in some instances, they've been in Japan for two or three years and they've done no professional development. Uh, and uh, this has been a big issue because, uh, and as I said before, I mean, countries all around Japan, Taiwan and Korea, uh, their language proficiency has improved while Japan's has, has um, unfortunately, I have to say, fallen. Uh, they've noticed this and they've been thinking, well, what do we do? Uh, you know, these ALT companies keep sending us the same recruits. And I, my idea to them was, look, if we get them through an Australian government you know, training program and then, then they receive extra training in using the best quality test training programs available in Australia and they're using that in Japan, why don't you just direct hire them? Or, and uh, that received a lot of interest. A lot of it because they were saying you would only send us qualified, you know, to the Australian standards. You would seriously only send us those people. You would not send us, uh, you know, unqualified people. I said, no, I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, but then the problem came up. Well, we need 50 or 60 people. I said, well, that's probably going to be impossible to do. Uh, <laughs> so it's sort of like a little problem there. You know, they want yeah. the they want higher quality people, but they just can't get the numbers. ALTs can deliver the numbers. Uh, the problem is when you're delivering in, in large bulk, uh, sorry, that's a terrible way to say it, but it's a large number of people. <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> I it, I like it. I apologize, people. Um, but when you're dealing with a large number of people being employed, uh, and in some instances, uh, while the ministries of education receive a fairly decent sum of money for each ALT, that ALT may not be not be in a in a fantastic financial position with the contract they're signing, and uh, so um, when people are asked when when the dispatch companies are asking people to work, you know, like or realistically, it's it's you know it's a thirty it's a forty hour week. Uh, you know, it's sometimes 8.30 a.m. to like 5, 6 p.m. sometimes, um, and the money is not very good, then who do you have to – who can you pick by? Who can you pick? Um, you probably it's, – it's a very difficult game. Yeah, that's my point. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I, yeah, I think your idea is great, right? But it's like if at the current standards – it's going to get tough to say we need people that are certified with Tesla to even apply for this job. I thought there would be that many people that want to get that job that it's, have went through your course, right? Because they can work think, somewhere else, yeah. you know? Well, well, that's why the majority of people have already been in Japan for two or three years. They've said, that's enough. We want to do test training at five, six, seven, eight thousand yen per hour. If they're in Tokyo and they're phenomenal, they might be able to get a heck of a lot more. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, I think, the main the main group of people they've been through they've been ALTs for two or three years they know that system they don't they they may want to have more options out there and uh that's sort of I think the that's what we're aiming for but the I think with the with a couple of the ministries of education I've spoken to the idea of somebody being self-employed and being given a contract is very interesting to them, but they've never done it before. So if they're very hesitant in making any kind of changes. Now, if yeah, suddenly, that's Japan, suddenly yeah. yeah, so if suddenly 10 diploma of TESOL graduates turn up at 
the Ministry of Education and say we've we've we're Australian government accredited. Here's our reference letters from English Key. Here's our reference letter from the only Australian government TESOL trainer and assessor in Japan. Here's a reference letter from uh, you know, Professor Emeritus uh, saying that we've competently and proficiently been able to finish our course and do an, do an, uh, you know, an excellent job throughout the process of gaining the, the uh, qualification. Uh, then I think things will start to change because the Ministry of Education has spoken to Austrade on many occasions in regards to this and they've been saying all along, how do we improve the English language teaching in Japan? When I went to speak to them, uh, not uh, when I went to speak to the ministries of education, the regional uh, boards of education, sorry, uh, that was sort of a proposal I put forward. I said, why don't you just employ these people on a one-year contract? But you don't have to go through the ALT companies. It's a very simple thing. We can help you in that. I mean, we, we won't charge you anything for that. We know how to do the self-employment visa. And that was something that I think that you might find that happening in 2020. I think there is definitely one board of education that was extremely interested. And they were like, uh, and that's because some of the people there were, were educated in Australia. And they were like, we can do this. We can do this. If you can get us the diploma of TESOL, we'll directly employ them. And yeah, it was just one year, continual contracts. That's no problem. That's no problem at all. Um, and luckily, one of the people had done the diploma of TESOL, so they know what it's all about. And that was actually a really big advantage. And we've got another, got another government, uh, and we've got another person from a board of education doing the diploma as well, starting this year. So, I think that um, you might see that happen in the next. Uh, you know, I don't, if I say 2020, I know maybe that means 2022. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it might be within the next few years, you might see a few more people getting those direct higher jobs. And the reason that boards of education have been hesitant about that is that the system has been we just get the ALT company to do it. But the problem has been that they've complained to the Ministry of Education about the quality of the trainers they're getting. And... I mean, I'm sure there's some phenomenal ones out there, but they have been, there have been complaints, and that's why the Ministry of Education contacts, uh, you know, the Australian government says, "What can you do about this?" And so, I think that in the next two years, there's going to be a change. I don't know what that is. I've spoken to enough people to have the un, to have the idea that um, it may just be best for my company to just start our own dispatch company and only. And only hire the pe people who have Australian government accreditation in TESOL because then we can guarantee a minimum level of quality. And we train them all in the in in our in the English key in using the learning management system. That's another big thing that the Japanese wanted uh, because they know that their their um, that that yeah the computer assisted language learning is is really important these days and some schools have been fantastic with it but there's a lot that haven't because they don't have the people there to manage it and where our program is basically managed by the trainer so that's something i've talked about with with regional boards of education the ministry of education they've really liked that idea and so i said there's this package we can put together so that the trainer can basically manage themselves in every way shape or form 
a lot of people talk about that before. Like, it would be great if we had a, a, a minimum level of ALT dispatch company. It's not just like hire anybody, like most ALT dispatch companies are. Not not hire anybody, but you know what I mean. You don't need any experience, and they can still get hired if they're good, you know, graduate from college, blah, blah, blah. So, but then wouldn't you be fighting, in your mind, are BOEs, uh, are they? Is it possible for them to even hire a more expensive company if it if it guarantees a level of quality? Because some BUEs I know would never do that because they just they have to take the lowest option, right? I mean, that's in some contracts I've heard. Some people said on this show that it's it's in their rules they have to take the cheapest option. So if your way, you couldn't have the cheapest option though, right? But you're saying there's some BUEs that would be okay with that. I think that from the people I've spoken to. If there's a, a guarantee of, of quality and performance, then I, I've actually heard of that, that you must always choose the cheapest. I think that's, yeah, that's between the ALT and the Board of Education, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, not, and I think that that might actually be something that they might be looking at right now. Uh, I can't really say more than that, but I have heard of that. And I think that the the there might be an attitude, uh, uh, you know, uh, going around where if we can get better quality people, why don't we just give them an extra fifty thousand yen a month, and we don't go through the ALT company, the dispatch company? Uh, that actually will still mean that it'll be cheaper at the end of the day because now the middleman, the ALT dispatch company, is no longer recruiting the um, the trainer. That trainer is directly recruited by the by the Board of Education, which used to be what happened. And they know that in the early stages of the JET program, they were getting that, that there was a little bit more quality there than what's than what they're receiving now. Um, I think a quality, or it may just be that you know in the early stages, it's a much smaller, easier, much. It was easier managed, and they're also getting a lot more teachers uh, from overseas doing their first one or two years after their teaching degree working in Japan. That actually was something that was very popular with, with the, the first lot of Australians and Americans um, who were going uh, who were uh, going over to Japan to work as the first people to the JET program. I forget the, the first name of the JET program, but it wasn't JET; it was something else. But um, that they, they, a lot of the people who are in the managing managerial positions within the Board of Education remember that they were able to choose people and they were choosing people with the teaching qualifications. And so if they can go back to that kind of system, it may work out better. Uh, and plus one of the biggest problems was um, actually managing the ALTs right now. It's, it's, it's a very it, – it's very much a paper-driven uh, business operation still. It's it's very – and so what we've been saying is you won't have any paperwork with us. Everything will be electronic. It will be very simple. The teacher does everything. So you're, the, the package is that direct hire makes a heck of a lot more sense than going through a dispatch company because that dispatch company – their goal is to offer you the the cheapest option. Our goal is to offer you the highest quality option, but we won't have the ALT dispatch company in the middle. So you will still you will still see the cheapest option. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, 
I don't know how much it is now. I think it's um, uh, it's it's a yeah, it's, it's a the dispatch companies receive a fair, you know. I I think I know the amount, but it's it's almost ten thousand yen per hour. Yeah, it's seventy eight hundred or eighty eight hundred, depending on where you are. Um, how much does the ALT get? They don't even get half of that. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that was brought up with some regional boards of education and the Ministry of Education. We can cut that down quite dramatically, so you can get a a better you know, a, a well trained person. Um, and at a better price than what you get the ALT. Um, and that was a very big interest. The biggest problem, though, was that they all said, well, we've been doing this system now for 10, 15, 20 years. We just can't get up and change because that's going to make up, that's going to cause more work. And it might take a year or two or three to actually get something like the original JET program back up and running. There has been, there has been that problem, uh, but um, I think that, once we get a few more people into the schools, I think that there will be a bit a stronger impetus to actually do something about it. Because when we've sent people out now um, to schools or to colleges, uh, most of them are working in vocational colleges now, um, and, or even just to their practical placement, we get a phone call immediately saying, can we hire five of these people? In fact, we just had one board of education that took somebody and they said, our, co- our contract renewals are coming up. We, this is, uh, they, they, um, the exact wording, and it's actually coming from my Japan business partner, but uh, was, we love this guy so much. If you can give us 12 by the end of this week graduates or they're graduating before uh, the start of the new school year, we would love to do that. My, uh, 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 um, the question to them was, well, haven't you already got teachers working? They said, yeah, but then none of them are, none of them are qualified and we just love what this guy does in his class. He gets rave reviews all the time. So can we just, we can just replace uh, three of our schools. Just what, just um, we, with uh, the TESOL qualified people. Unfortunately, we just don't have that many available. So we weren't able to do that. So, you know, um, I think if the option becomes available to schools and we just say, well, the conditions are that you directly hire them, I think that's a very small condition to pay for an Australian government accredited TESOL trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, it's a good, it's an yeah. uh, interesting topic to talk about for sure because it's always, I'm always interested in that kind of world and how it's changing and how the ebbs and flows of the LT world and the. Uh, yep. And that stuff, but anyways, let's, we should make sure we make sure before we finish here. I want to make sure, sure. that the, the Tesla. If you want to check out more about Tesla and what it does, and obviously you can see you've heard the benefits that it has and the things it can do for your career, and not only resume terms but also in terms of your skills. Uh, go to tesseljapan.com to, to see um, to see the, the website there about all how to get into it, all the stuff they offer and stuff. Is there anywhere else people can check out your stuff? They want to learn more about this, or where should I send people, David? Oh, just. Uh, Tessal, admin at tessaljapan.com no problem at all uh, just send me a message we're also on telegram um, t.me forward slash tessaljapan that's sort of an open group anybody can talk there and uh, yeah any, any inquiries I think one thing before we end uh, what I want to say is that um, in the last two years I've spoken to a lot of people and I can say that within 
in the next two years are going to be really interesting, but it's not going to be the first year and it's not going to be the first half of that next year. It's going to be in that end when the decisions will be made really hard and uh, that will be a very interesting time. So I think that um, right now, if people do want to have a, a, a longer career in Japan, it, it, it may be best to look at getting qualifications if it's a master's degree in TESOL or an Australian government accredited diploma of TESOL, uh, the certificate for in TESOL. As long as it's of high quality um, and they learn a lot and they're able to perform in the classroom, I think that it, it, after the two-year period, there's going to be um, – Opportunities for them, a lot of opportunities coming up because a lot of the people I've spoken to don't like the current system. That's what I can say. So it'd be very interesting. Watch this space kind of thing. Uh, if you want to, yeah, if you want to work in Japan for long term, and you, you know, it's up, it's on you to further your qualifications and certifications, and you know, your your money's you're not going to get more money just by doing the same thing, right? And this is, Tesla is a great way to do that, to, you know, to find have new doors open for you, right? Absolutely, and I don't think any. I don't think any. Look, I don't think any ALT company or the or the boards of education will be sponsoring anybody. Some people have asked about that. I think they just they will just start demanding people uh, have qualifications like this before they start work. I think that's what's going to end up happening within the next two years. And so, uh, it's it's all it's just have it in the back of your mind, uh, but don't let it sit there for too long because it might come to a, a place where uh, or a time where suddenly your contract ends in in February and in March you get your new contract and it's demanding TESOL qualifications. You're not going to have enough time to do them. So it's sort of one of those situations where I think that if you want a long career, you want to do this for five years in Japan, uh, start thinking about it because there, there, there has been significant talks at government levels about introducing TESOL qualification requirements. Uh, so... It's it, when it's up at that level, like Austrade is speaking to the Japanese government and institutions, then, you know, things things may happen. Um, so I, I just say watch this space, but um, don't don't procrastinate <laughs> for too long because things could change overnight, especially in Japan. <laughs> there you go, guys. So, yeah, if you want to be interested, go to teslajapan.com and, uh, yeah, you can talk with David there. And, uh, David, thanks for your time. Good luck Thank with everything. Thank you very much. And maybe, maybe we'll talk to you down the road when some of these changes happen or something. We can talk again. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for watching this or listening to this podcast. And I wish you all a fantastic time, whatever time this is for you. I really hope you enjoyed today's Inside Japan podcast. Dive deeper into our world and learn more about what awaits you check out altinsider.com and for regular up-to-the-minute job postings check into jobsinjapan.com for the next big gig please tune in for our regular excursions into the world of japan and good luck gambate